I'm Mel Stewart, and this is a Swim Swam podcast. Joining me today is a man that I respect a great deal, a man that I know. I don't know for sure, but I think, I suspect he's felt pain most of his life. All of his medals, hard won, suffering, putting in the work, investing, three-time Olympian, four-time Olympic medalist, two-time Olympic champion, Peter Vanderkay. Hey, Mel, thanks for having me. Was was the intro okay? Was that was that was it up to par? That was perfect. It's perfect. I'll just follow you around your whole life <laughs> as you're walking. I'll just I'll just voice over everything you're doing. This is Peter Vanderkay. We're going to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? Was I, 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 buddy? I love you. It's been a while since I've seen you. I really appreciate you doing this, and I want to catch up. It's just um, you know, we're, we're going to dive in and we're going to get a little swim nerdy. But what's going on in your life right now? Well, I kind of just rolling with the punches with, uh, you know, the whole pandemic thing, but, uh, things are good. Otherwise I actually got married a month ago, so that was exciting. Um, I was supposed to get married in May, but, uh, the fate of uh, coronavirus kind of pushed that off. So we rescheduled ended up doing a little bit smaller wedding and, uh, now I'm married and nobody got sick. So it's all good. Don't keep going. I was going to say, other than that, I'm I'm just working. I work in commercial real estate brokerage uh, locally here in Detroit area of Michigan, and uh, that takes up most of my time. Unfortunately, I don't get into the pool as much as I used to, uh, but I still try and jump in for exercise here and there. You're 36 years old, right? That's correct. Oh my God, you're an old man. You're old. <laughs> That's a spring. 36 is a spring chicken. I just want to say I'm proud that you got hitched. I'm, I'm thankful that my own wife didn't divorce me during the heat of the pandemic. Not that that was ever a, a problem, but in the back of my head, I was wondering, this might be it. She just might be the last day. The, well, uh, I'm still going strong. <laughs> there you go. The, uh, wow. Um, so you, 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 you can talk about as much as you want. I check in on everybody and I'm always like asking how other people are doing when I'm talking to our Olympic peers. And, um, you know, I was wondering about you. I was like, PVK's left his swimming family, but I've talked to a few of your closer peers at the Michigan boys, and uh, they're like, no, he might be coming back. So are you mulling some, some ideas in terms of like maybe sticking your toe back in the water business-wise, sort of? I'm thinking about it. Um, I think the, the swim school stuff is intriguing to me. Um, one of my good friends and classmates, Christy Young, started Big Blue Swim School. Um, and they're taking off all over the country. Uh, so we've talked about that, but, uh, you know, there's nothing in writing. Obviously, I love the sport. I love, uh, you know, kids being uh, taught to swim. Uh, whether it's competitive or not, I think it's just a great, valuable life lesson. Um, and I, I, I volunteer with a charity here locally that helps kids in the city uh, become water safe. Unfortunately, with everything going on this year, we haven't been able to do much because the pool's being closed. But um, it, it is a passion of mine. It just, I don't have as much time as I wish I uh, had to devote to it. It sounds like it. It's, um, it sounds like it's something near and dear, and dear to your heart. It's, uh, 
it seems like everybody, you know, we got a lot of peers who, who are in the swim school business. Dolan's at doing it. Lenny Kreiselberg's doing it. Uh, Christy Young's got a great, he's, 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 he's really, what he's doing is really interesting. And if you're, if you're, if you, if you don't want to manage a whole lot of the, the, the software that he has that's supporting the swim school, I think is really interesting. That's, that's what, that's what's cool. Cause you can put your skill on deck, you can do your staffing and you can let it roll. And that's kind of cool. That's not why I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to talk to you about your career and I'm going to start at a weird place. <laughs> I, I didn't know this 2007. Um, you saw the 400 free at nationals and did Phelps from the 400 free at nationals in 2007 because yeah, I, I pulled he did, up, I think there was like five bios and I'm like cross-referencing all the bios and I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. So it's like a big PVK Trump's, uh, I shouldn't say Trump's, he, he beat Michael Phelps in the 400 meter free at nationals. And I was like, what, what was that? How did I miss that? Yeah. So actually, I, you know, I haven't thought about that race in a long time, but that was the nationals. that was not a selection meet. Uh, we had had worlds earlier, um, that year. And so going to nationals was like a, you know, it was just a nationals and it was great. It was an indie. And uh, I think that was actually my first national title on, on the USA level, which was kind of funny because I had won NC2A titles. I was done with college, but I had never won uh, an individual national title. There was, there was no time next to this national title win. Do you remember what it was? Oh, geez. Everybody remembers their times. You can ballpark it. 347, maybe, something like that. Sounds about right. So yeah. what, what, do you remember what Phelps was? It was like a 351, right? I, I don't remember what he was. I, I, I thought he went under 350, but I, I'd have to dig that one up if it even exists anywhere. You guys spent time together training. Um, so what was that? I mean, did you, did you like own everybody? Like anything between – it's probably swam a lot of yards. Anything like five, you know, repeat 500s to the mile, did you just own everyone in practice? You know, it was a toss-up day-to-day. We had a, a really good crew in Ann Arbor during that time. Um, you know, we had Phelps, we had Eric Vent, we had Cleet Keller, David Starwater, Christy Young, on top of all the college guys. Um, so there was nobody that was, you know, winning everything day-to-day. Um, we'd we'd kind of cycle through as some people got more beat up than others and, you know, it goes kind of ebbs and flows. But um, if we were doing that, you know, 500 pace stuff, uh, those middle distance, distance guys were always going head to head, flip a coin. And it's, what's interesting about your career is that you, you know, you were, you were ticking off your medals in the four by two. So uh, your, your first medal at 2004 in the four by two, um, you won your individual in an in 08 in the 400. Um, you won, won the bronze at, you know, at the Olympics, uh, gold in the four by two. You never won a silver. What's the deal, buddy? No silvers. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I could trade one of the bronze for a silver. So here's something that, that we, we can unpack. And I think that you've, you've probably heard this before. And in, in terms of psychology, the gold medal is a great medal because you, you won. Um, this, the bronze medal is a great medal because, hey, you made the podium and you got a medal. And maybe you wouldn't get a medal, but you got a medal. The silver medal that might be the bitter medal because you're like, I should have won. So the gold and the bronze seem to be the happiest medal. Does that work? Does that equation work for you? I, I, think, I, I think that's an interesting point, but I think you're right. Um, 
you know, the, you can't beat the feeling of the gold. Um, but just, you know, the, the worst is fourth place. I was fourth in the, the 400 in Beijing. And that's a bad feeling because, you, like you said, you're just outside. So winning the bronze, uh, just being on the podium is amazing. So and that's just overarching. So we get to 2012. In 2010, you go from training in Michigan forever to, to swimming with Troy. And it seemed like you went up. It seemed like you did. You, you, you were doing – usually athletes – they take their schedule and they start swimming shorter races and they start focusing there. But you, it seems like you went in the opposite direction. It's like, I'm going to go all the way to the end and, 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 you know, you, you drop in the 400 meter free and you're swimming the 1500 meter free. Um, that's a little different. Are you, were you aware of that? Yeah, I kind of wanted to go out that way. Um, I think the, the misconception is that as you get older, you can't do those distance things. And I, unless you have an injury that's preventing you from doing the training. Um, I think it's more of a mindset to be honest. Um, and I, I was in good shape and I wasn't injured. Um, so I thought I'm, I'm going to keep doing what I've always done and just try and go out. Even if I didn't know if that was going to be my last games or not, but go out with my best shot, try and get the best shape I can be in. And uh, if the 1500 is there for me, great. If not, I, you know, I got the 200 and 400 too. So I, I feel like training for that always helped my, my other races. And for the, for folks who are not watching the video, you're, you're listening on a download the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Peter, but we, we, I've got 145, one, 200. These are personal best 145, one, 200 meter free, 343, mm -hmm. one, 400 meter free, 346, 800 meter free, 1445 in the 1500. Uh, you look at you. I can see you're, you're thinking. You're yeah, thinking. I think that sounds about right. <laughs> you have to know. You're like I can like write. I have a t I have a, I have a North Carolina state record and for ten and unders. Two three, two hundred yard free. Two three one. I think fourteen. I think it's like I think I can get it almost the one hundredth. You don't. That, forget. That's impressive. You can, no, I, I can't you don't get forget. You can't forget. Forty five one. Forty three one. Yeah, I think that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so these are astounding. This is like, you know, the, this, 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 you look back at your career and you're like, this is what I threw down. Extraordinary. 2012, you know, making the podium 400 meter free. Extraordinary swim. Uh, exciting swim. I was there to see it. Olympic trials, 2012. Um, Olympic trials is kind of slow. It felt like a slow trials. 200 free men's was very slow. One Phelps is 145.7. Lockheed was a 145.7. Barron's was third with a 46.4, I think. Um, where did you go? You had, did you not swim the, you swim the 200 free at trials? I swam the 200, but I didn't make the top eight. I think I was 10th. And uh, 2012 trials wasn't a great meet for me. I was in great shape. I think, but neurologically, I hadn't really recovered from the work that I had done. And uh, I just needed a little bit more rest. I, d I did not feel good swimming there. And I wasn't sick or anything. I just, I felt sluggish. I felt tired. And uh, I just had to grind it out. Uh, didn't make it in the 200. Ended up swimming one of the most painful 400 frees. And I, I won it, but it wasn't, wasn't a crazy fast time. I think it was 347, yeah. And uh, yeah, 
I was just fortunate to be able to make the team with that. And um, as we got into camp and closer to the games, I, I just felt a lot better. It was, um, it seemed like in 2012, we had such a strong crew of elites, pros who just, you know, times didn't matter. It pros would just step up there, step on you and win and get their spots. But it felt like everybody in 12, I kept thinking, wow, everybody prepared for this season like they're going to the Olympics. And uh, I'm like, we're not really seeing all the speed. So it sounds to me like you, along with everybody else, you need a little more rest. I, I did need a little bit more rest, and it felt good. <laughs> <laughs> need a little more rest. I did I, mad respect for you because I, I can't, you know, back in our day, we didn't do that. We didn't do the, we didn't do semis. And in my day, we were going to trials in February. So you had an entire season to prepare, one, one shave. But it's, uh, if you had to pick out any of your, any swim that was meaningful to you for any specific reason, maybe an interesting story around it, um, some moment in your career, it's like, this is, when I'm dying, this is going to be that thumbnail that bubbles up in my brain and I'll think about. Is, uh, you know, what's that, what's that moment for you? You know, there's a couple races that, that stand out, but one that's actually interesting that I, I swam really well was that 2007 uh, Nationals in Indy, uh, the 200 free. Um, and I just, I swam in textbook. And if, I just remember looking at my splits, and I still remember those. I was 145.5 or something, 145.6 maybe. And uh, I split it just perfect. I was out like 24.1. And then 20, 26-8, 26-8, And uh, but I, I don't know how I, how I split this any better. I mean, going faster is one thing. But, um, again, it, it was the best time. It wasn't to make a team. Um, I think Phelps uh, still won that race. But I was really proud with how I swam it. Oh, you felt good. Felt great. First time under 146. It's it's a sweet feeling. It's a sweet sweet feeling. And, and, and any any moment uh, on the Olympic stage, I know that it's 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 a you get three Olympics under your belt. That's a rare that's some rare oxygen you're breathing. It's it's uh, it's becoming more common, but it's still it's rare. You go to th- you go to three games and and you medaled in all three games, which is rare. So. You have deep knowledge when it comes to the Olympics. Is it, uh, you know, what's, what, what, is your, what is your wisdom to our young athletes who are staring down at trials next summer as they, as in, and with potential to make the Olympic team? What's your advice to them with all your Olympic knowledge? The one thing I would say to, to people in that position is enjoy the ride. Um, because I was always somebody that I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to be the, the best that I could be. And sometimes I think that took a little bit of the fun out of it. And uh, when it came down to it, I, you know, swimming professionally was great, but I, I liked swimming more than the professional side of it. Um, that's why I did it. Um, I, you know, I, I liked the challenge. And I, I think if you get away from that, you're doing it for other reasons and it feels more like a job. And I always swam my best when I, you know, wasn't thinking about the business side of things and what happens if I don't make it. And uh, there's never any fun in that for me. So I would say to those people, whether you're a professional or not, enjoy the, the journey. 
you know, smile along the way and, and make it fun and, and you'll swim faster. It's, it's also the, the, the professional, the swimming becoming professional really happened during your career. Yeah. It's, yeah, it did. It was, it was, uh, it, it, it's, those were the years that was the sweet spot. That's when it really took off. And a lot of people think, Oh, that's not, that's a plus. And, um, and, and it's not, it's, it's like a whole other bandwidth you have to keep in your head and manage. So yeah, it's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, but it's, uh, so let's go back to high school, high school, yeah. 500 free state champion twice. What were, what were you dropping in high school? My freshman year of high school, I actually didn't make the state meet. Uh, my best time was a, a 4.58, and that didn't make the cut. So, uh, you know, was, nobody was looking at me at that time and saying, this guy's got a bright future in the sport, you know, on the, the international stage. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, when I was that age, I was undersized, uh, really hadn't grown yet. Um, I was working hard, but just, you know, competing against guys that were twice my size. And uh, that, that's not generally a recipe for success at that age group. So um, I learned how to work hard early in high school. And I, I learned how to, to outwork people that were more talented than me and uh, maybe didn't want it as bad as I did. And uh, once I started to grow, everything kind of took off from there. Uh, by the time I graduated, I was... Well, I won the, the 500 my junior year with 431, and then my senior year won 423. Um, and by that time, I had already committed to swim at Michigan, uh, but I, I think some of the swims I did after I committed turned some heads from college coaches. 458 freshman year, 423 senior year. How much did you grow in that time? Oh, I mean, my first driver's license said I was 5'7". <laughs> how tall are you six six four yeah, you're six four you're a big guy yeah so yeah. that was me at 16 so the last two years of high school i really grew a lot you won you won 200 free did you win it your junior year but you didn't win it your senior year the state meet uh no i won it my senior year not my junior year so when your senior where would you go when were you in high school senior year 200 free uh 137 Six, maybe. You were popping. Yeah, so that, that race was coming around for me at that point. And uh, what, what a lot of people don't realize, you know, you come out of high school, a lot of guys are top swimmers out of high school. 137 in high school is serious speed. But 137, your freshman year in college, you, that, that doesn't work. you got to make a big drop. So right. now, tell me, what, what was it like your freshman year, Michigan, uh, you had to come in with some confidence, but you know, you, with you have great times. But what, uh, you know, what, what what happened then? Yeah, so I mean, it was a a big adjustment um, coming into to college. Not really from a training volume standpoint. I, I had done similar type of work, although we were we were doing a little bit more at Michigan um, under Banchek. But uh, the people, you know, in the practice day to day. It was a whole different ball game. So, you know, I, I just – it took a, a little while to, to acclimate to that. You know, there's some people who I just wasn't going to beat. Guys like Tom Melchow, Cleet Keller, Chris Thompson, Dan Ketchum, 
and these guys are are seasoned veterans. I'm just this scrawny freshman trying to to get by and, and nipping at heels. So by the time I you know got halfway through my freshman year, I was a lot more acclimated. I could hang with some of those guys, uh, but there was a learning curve for sure. <laughs> What was your, so I'm, I'm uh, looking at your NCT year. You have, let's say, six NCAA titles. Uh, let's see here. Was it 14 Big Ten titles? Yeah, I mean, you know, you made, you made it happen. Were you, you know, were you in, was there Banchek stand, standing over you during this period of time? Yeah, so he had recruited me and was the head coach my first two years in Michigan. Um, after 04 in Athens, he, he stepped down, kind of all retired. Obviously, he didn't retire from the sport, but he retired as head coach. And He was still uh, there. He was still on deck, wasn't he? Yeah, he was still there through the, the Bowman era. Um, you know, as a volunteer, kind of emeritus coach. Uh, so it was, it was great to still have him. Could you um, – so I talked to a few guys who were there during that transition, and I haven't asked anybody. I've completely missed this opportunity. What was the difference in the coaching style going from Urbanchek to Bowman? You know, from a, a full, uh, say from a philosophy uh, standpoint in training, not that different. Um, you know, we, we, we train very much uh, similar in terms of volume and, and how it was structured and the, the structure of a season. Um, I'd say the, just the, the difference was personality with coaches. And, you know, John's a very unique personality. Uh, you know him. I mean, he's, there's a, lot more, there's a lot more cursing. Let's just say it. There's more cursing with their band check on deck. <laughs> that, that, it was always uh, – it, it made you laugh. I mean, he's just a very positive, fun-loving person. He was the kind of coach that um, you, know, you really – you wanted to do well for him because you could tell how much he cared about his swimmers. It's uh, – if you had to describe one moment – NC2A, so it was a, a you know at, at the NC2A NC2A level that was a, a pivotal moment moment for you, a, a turning point for you, because that's where we have most elites have them. You know they evolve there. What was it for you? you know, I think it, it was um, getting second in the mile my freshman year was a, a big stepping stone for me, knowing that you know one Eric Vent won that year and. I mean, he crushed me, but I, I was the next fastest guy, and Eric was aging out of his, his eligibility. So I kind of felt like, you know, moving forward, that target was going to be on my back, and I, I had something to prove. I wanted to get better and faster too. So um, it just kind of upped the ante. And then, uh, you know, my sophomore year, I won the – it was actually probably – it might have been the last time it was short course meters – in 2004, I won the 400 and the 1500, and Michigan won the 800 freestyle relay. So, second in the 200, second in the 200. Short course meters are weird. That, that weird, yeah. It's like we're going to do short course meters because it's an Olympic year. Did you like it? I mean, we, we talked to we had Fred Bousquet on. He was talking about that that odd year. So, how how was so many short course meters? I get it worked for you. Yeah, you know. I, I don't think they do it anymore because it doesn't make that big of a difference, you know, just a, a couple feet in the pool. But I, I think it got me in the mindset that this is a different year. Um, you know, there, there's an NC2As this year, but I think what is in the back of everyone's mind is 
you know, what's going to happen at trials. And that's just how I felt about it. Not that we didn't take NC2A seriously or didn't put everything into it, but John was always the kind of coach that, you know, the Olympics is the biggest show and that's what we want. We're, we're, we want to be at that level. So, but so I, I missed a moment. You, you, you beat Vent, you, excuse me, you were second to Vent in the 1650 your freshman year. That's cool, but let's be honest, he was half your size. <laughs> he, now, how, cool, how cool is it? He, he was half your size. Oh, but he's, he's, <laughs> he was such a tough, tough guy to, to swim against. I mean, it's like he didn't even feel pain. Uh, just an, an incredible uh, technique, too. I mean, he just made it work. Well, I, I've never, you know, in terms of seeing the the Michigan crew at elite meets at nationals or on the international stage, I've never heard that crew scream as loud as when they, as, as when he vent was in the water swimming a mile. It seemed like that's when, that's when the tenor came up and everyone started going nuts. So you guys must've loved him. It's certainly everybody respects the distance guys. They can put it down. Yeah. I, not everybody wants to do it though. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, you don't you don't choose distance swimming; it chooses you. Are you saying that you you wish you had been a blue ribbon event swimmer, a hundred man? <laughs> I don't even know what that would feel like. I, so you went like, like a forty nine two, didn't you? Hundred meter free. What was your best hundred meter free? Yeah, it was forty nine two. Um, I, I think that was an 07. So I had some speed, enough speed to do the two hundred, although. I'm not sure I could compete with those guys that are doing it today. I mean, guys that are going under 130, um, at least yards. Um, I just – I didn't have the speed. I don't, I don't think there's anything I could have done to, to stay close to that. What was your best 200-yard free? 132-2. 132-2. I was a 139 out of high school, and I went a 134 in college. And that felt like a just a quantum leap. But when people went 133 or 132, I was like, my head was ready to explode. So seeing what they do now is, is pretty awe-inspiring. Have you followed, did you, I mean, it seems like ages ago, but, you know, the University of Florida crew, the Bobby Fink, 1412 and the 1650, and Karen Smith, the 406 and the 500 free. Did you, did you follow that at all? Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching those guys do that. I mean, it's it's always cool to see a new generation step up, beat records, take it to the next level. Um, I really respect those guys. And, I mean, they, they must just work incredibly hard from a physical standpoint and focus-wise on their technique. Uh, it's, it's just awesome. I've, I've wondered who's going to take over the mantle and lead Team USA – 200 meter free and, and, and up. And uh, it's a lot of big shoes to fill. And uh, that, it seems like that was a ray of, uh, of sunshine, but it's um, so when you, when you, when you're watching, is it, is this something you take pride in? You're like, yeah, who's going to, who's coming next? Who's going to, cause you, you can really identify with them. Are, are you staying, are you staying engaged? Yeah, no, I, I, I still follow the meets. Uh, you know, my classmates and I, we have a, a group text that we're always active on and we talk almost every day at some level we still talk about swimming and it's, it's cool to see that stuff. It gets me excited. Um, 
because I, I'm not doing it anymore, obviously, but I still feel that energy from these newer generations doing that and carrying the torch forward, um, especially for Team USA. I mean, it's, it's really cool to see some of these younger guys step up. I was a, I was a Marsh swimmer, so I'm a Marsh alum, David Marsh, and Marsh has a as a group text, and I I sometimes I wish that I could take those group texts and just publish them to Swim Swam. Can't do it. His is his are his are his are pretty you know G P G. They're 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 fine, but like a group text with you and your crew during an elite meet, I'd love to hear that. That would be excellent commentary because unvarnished truth. Um, that would yeah, be well, that would be entertaining. So someday we'll, uh, if I get back to a meet physically, I'll, I'll scroll through and show you what's going on on there. Oh, I bet it's lovely. <laughs> a lot of smart insight, a lot of smart insight. So if you were, um, so I have this personal opinion about swimming in terms of just entertainment. And I know everybody stands up for the 50 free and the hundred free. And, you know, I like butterfly cause I swam fly, but to me, the 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 sweet spot of swim at the world at the on a world class level is a 200 meter free, 400 meter free. Uh, I particularly like the 400 meter free. It feels like anything can happen. And um, so, what, what what's your what's your feeling on that in terms of just pure like strategy and entertainment value? What, what are you watching? Yeah, I, I like the emotion of a a middle distance or even distance race because it. it it just slowly plays out compared to a, you know, a 50 or a hundred, which is obviously super exciting too, but just exciting in a different way. Um, I think one of the most exciting races I've ever seen was Katie Ledecky's 400 in London. I mean, it, that was four minutes of just tingly feeling excitement. It was awesome. And I, I the way, like you say, the way it plays out, um, you know, it, it can always be exciting at the end. You never know what's going to happen until that last hundred. We touched on this earlier when you were talking. I was like, you know, three Olympics. It's, you know, rare wisdom, rare knowledge. Uh, you got a swimmer like, like, a, like a Dean Ferris who popped an extraordinary 200-yard freestyle. And, uh, and he's doing well in meters, but it hasn't translated yet. And we, I, I think everybody was sort of waiting for that to happen uh, in the last 12 months. Um, what, what does it take to, to go from swimming yards to the big boys? Because there's, there's a big difference. A lot of swimmers fall by the wayside. What's the difference? What, what does it take to go from meters to yards, from yards to meters? Well, in some respects, I think it's almost like a different sport sometimes. Um, you know, the, the, the carryover from yards can be tough. And um, you have to execute a little bit differently. Um, technique you know, with less turns and walls and underwaters uh, plays into uh, obviously the, the time. So, and I was never a great underwater guy. So, uh, you know, the, the longer pool suited me all right. Um, but I think you have to train for it too. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of guys and, and gals out there that, that train really hard um, but they don't necessarily get the opportunity to train long course as much as maybe they need to make that jump. Am I wrong about that? It's possible. Uh, but that's kind of one of the things I felt like when I was training at Michigan and then at Florida is we swim a lot of long course. And I think there's a benefit to swimming short course with that. 
Um, but I, I think it's really, really hard to go from just doing all short course and all that speed stuff to, to getting to the big pool. It, it seems like just listening to you, it seems like there, there's something that we take for granted. There's certain programs and certain athletes, and they, they may have come from a great club, but it usually happens in college. They, they're at that college, and at that college, that, the coach makes it a priority to, to, to put the screws to you and make you swim meters. And you're doing it consistently year over year. And when NC2As are over, it's, um, it's, it's not playtime. It's a, there's a little bit of rest and then you're back on it and you see the difference with these athletes. These athletes can do it in yards and then it just falls off in meters. But if it's, so it sounds like it's the culture of the coach and, the, and, and if you want to be an Olympian, you got to be at the right collegiate program where that coach t- makes it a priority or Banshack and Bowman top priority. Yeah. Oh, well, that was uh, we were, we were doing as much long course as we could without, jeopardizing an NC2A moment. <laughs> There's something that's in common between Urbanchek, Bowman, and Greg Troy. It's in, in these private conversations when, they're, when, they, when they talk about training, they're like, they, they use the term honest work. It's honest work. And by honest work, it, it means painful, a lot of it, and you're going to be doing a lot of meters. Yeah, oh, that's definitely true. In, in terms of, of, of moments in your life, uh, a lot of guys who were great at distance, mid-distance. Um, you know, you reach this certain moment mid-season where it's a, you're a little bit numb, but it's like everything's clicking and you just go. And it seems like you're lost in the middle of it, in the cosmos of it. Uh, do you remember those times in your career when you were like, you, you know, it's like this is perfect? Maybe did you like those moments or did you like tapering and, and swimming and, you know, swimming at the, uh, on the world-class level, what was the best part for you culturally? That's a great question. I'm not sure anybody's ever asked me that before, but I, I actually really did like the grind. Um, I, I, I kind of fell in love with it the way that if I didn't feel like I was hurting every day in practice or at least pushing myself, it, it felt like a wasted opportunity. And I think that that switch in my mindset where a lot of people – would come in and look at the, the workout and say, I, I don't want to do this again, or this is going to stink and I just got to get through it. Um, I looked at it as an opportunity is, you know, how, how much better can I do at this set than I did last time? And that's improvement. So it was almost kind of this, uh, I, I really craved the pain of the training, uh, more so when I was feeling good and, and, you know, getting better and, and seeing improvement in practice. The worst days were the days where you're just too broken down to, to make a jump. And those days are important. They're really important. That's when you, you really, I think, mold that technique, um, but not always the most fun. But I, looking back, I, I really enjoyed the process. Obviously, racing and the taper meet is super exciting and fun, but I, I think that's one of the cool things about our sport is the process. Did you ever have a season where you're like, you, you, you basically got ground down too much, you got in a hole and you couldn't get out? Or were you always able to, sh- to rest and, and perform? I was usually able to turn it around, but I, I think going back to that 2012 trials, I had beat myself down pretty good and I was just getting out of that hole as trials was starting. So, um, you know, I don't have any regrets about that. Um, 
I, I still had a, a great experience and a, a great Olympics. Um, but, you know, if I had to do it again, I probably would have started resting a little bit earlier. But and it, it's not uh, – taper is kind of a, a science and an art, right? You, you got to go by feel a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is the uh, – what's the longest you ever took as a break in, during your elite career? So after 08, I, I took a month off. And I really didn't do much of anything. And getting back into training after that felt so awful. I said, if, as long as I'm competing, I'm never taking that amount of time off because it, it was just so painful and a just out of shape feeling kind of way that I just, I'll take a week or two here. But after that, I'm, I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. I, I was never a guy that really had a hard time uh, showing up or, or staying motivated. I think Cullen Jones took longer. <laughs> he may have. <laughs> I'll ask him. <laughs> I think I think some athletes took longer. I, I hated taking long breaks. It just it was the worst because of the pain. You had to pay for it. You had to pay the bank. And paying the bank yep. was suffering. Most important question of all: Where do you keep your medals? I keep them in a, a drawer and uh, in a bag in old gym socks. And that is a trick I learned from. Olympians before me because the cases are nice, uh, but they're bulky and they're heavy and they're, um, you know, they're, they're not easy to, to share. So um, I never take my medals out. I never look at them, but I'm happy to share them with anyone who wants to see them. So that's kind of my personal philosophy on it. So, so now that you're married, do you like, you know, do you like pull the medals out, take your shirt off and wear them around the house for your spouse? Do you, because you know, I th I think that that would be that would be nice for her. I'll I'll, I'll give it a try. I've not done that yet. Um, my wife Morgan is uh, she's awesome, but she's doesn't have a swimming background. So you know, anytime I'm talking about swimming, it's like totally over her head. Although she she's tried to learn. That's why that's that my wife is not swimmer. I'm telling you, you got to just like just put them take your shirt off, put the medals on. Don't say anything to her. Just be like, act like it's no big deal. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. No, no. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot, and then I'll circle back to you and let you know how it goes. All right, buddy. We're closing out here. We're we're running out of time. <laughs> Do you have any parting thoughts? Any any swim wisdom you want to lay on us? No, there's nothing you know front of mind. I I just want to say I really appreciate you having me on, and uh, this has been kind of a jog down memory lane, which is always fun. You know, when you're further and further away from the sport, there's a lot of things I remember when I have conversations like this. So it's, it's much appreciated and a lot of fun. If we have a trials, which I think we will, I'm 99.999% I'm sure we're having an Olympics. If we have a trials, will you come? Will you, will you be in Omaha? I, I'd love to try and make it. I, I'd have to take a look and see what's going on you know, work-wise and, and personal life. But if I can make it, it's something I'd love to attend. I, I went to trials in 2016 as a spectator and, and loved it. I mean, it's one of the best shows you can ever watch. And being there in person is incredibly exciting. And I, I know all the feelings and stuff. It, it's just awesome. So I'd love to come back. Well, you're 36 and now you're like in that alumni bucket. So, it, you know, there's a lot of parties. And a lot of, there's a lot of things happening that are exciting and the swimming's pretty fast too but the alumni parties i'm telling you you got to come 
it'll be great to see everybody too. It's, you know, un unfortunately, I'm not the best guy at staying in touch with everybody. So uh, it's events like that where you really get to, to catch up and see how people are doing, what they're doing, and tell old stories and, you know, it goes. it's a lot of fun. We'll suck you back in. Peter Vanderkay, four-time Olympic medalist, two-time Olympic champion. Will you come back on the podcast? Anytime. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.